0: It's a pleasure um, to be given the honor to uh, share a word tonight, and tonight's word is called the soul, a human's reality converter, the soul, the human's reality converter. This is the scripture. Now we're going to, this is going to be a mini Bible studies tonight actually, so you might need your pen and papers out because we're going to go all over the place. But this scripture is what um, I want us to remember All the way to the end 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 45 It reads And so it is written The first man, Adam Became a living soul The um, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit The first Adam became a living soul The last Adam became a life-giving spirit Now, the last Adam is Jesus Christ And the first Adam is obviously Adam, as we know. The soul is key. I want everyone to say that. This is how important it is. The soul is key. Specifically, my soul is key. My soul is key. The soul is key. And if it's not working correctly, it will affect Many things negatively. If it's not working correctly, this is what may happen in you. What you believe will affect how you see. How you see God. How you see yourself. How you see others. What is in the soul will define your perspective. What is in your soul will reveal either your God given identity or your ego, which is a false perspective of identity. Who you think you are, your ego, or you will walk in the reality of who God thinks or who God says you are. There are two options. And the soul will allow you to actualize or realize one of the two. It will either be a sense of who you think you are that isn't in line with what God says, or it will be a sense of who God says you are that you believe and agree with. The soul is very important. Who you think you are carries its own sense of reality and behavior. So, simply because I believe I'm a certain type of person, it will create certain habits in me. It will allow me to have certain cares. It will allow me to have a certain perspective. It will allow me to have certain desires. And it will allow me to have certain attitudes concerning different things. This soul is very important. Let me tell you a story. I I have a little nephew. His name is Caden. He's so cute. He's about six years old. He's about this height. It's quite short for a six-year-old, actually. And it was Christmas time. And Caden was in the kitchen. Now, okay, the setup in my Nigerian family is as follows. Um, I've got sisters. I've got a mom. Dad passed away. But, like, it's just the women take over in the kitchen at Christmas time. It's just how it is in my family. Caden doesn't know this rule. So Caden, he, he's a mummy's boy. He, he will do anything and everything his mom says. Glory to God. But here's the problem. He was in the kitchen and he was, he was, just, he was just, because of his height, he's just in between people's legs and it was just annoying. So his mom said, Caden, get out of the kitchen. And my other sister, who's a bit of a bully, says, Ha ha, Caden. So Caden, so I'm. I'm upstairs and I can hear everything, so Caden walks up the stairs and he sits on the stairs um, outside of the kitchen, so it's kind of like on top, it's like another set of stairs. So now I can see him, I can see the back of his head. So I walk up to him and I say, Caden, what's wrong? And Caden starts crying. And Caden says to me, Uncle Andrew, all I want to do is be a good boy. I'm telling you, I had to look to the right and go. (laughs) And in that one statement, I realized, or in fact, the Holy Spirit showed me so much. He said, root out this lie now. So I said to Caden, I said, Caden, why are you crying? I'm crying because mum kicked me out of the kitchen and all I want to do is be a good boy. And I said to Caden, Caden, even if you're downstairs cooking or helping or sitting down doing nothing, you're still a good boy in God's eyes. And Caden looked at me, like, really innocently, and was like, and he said this, really? And I said, yes. And I said, now wipe your tears, wash your hands, come watch TV with me. So he became a six-year-old again and everything was fine what happened if I wasn't there in that moment? The conclusion that that little six-year-old boy would have made on those steps was this. Because I was kicked out of the kitchen, I'm not a good boy. Because what he doesn't know is that his conclusion is, I'm good if I do this. My performance makes me into a particular type of person. And that's not true. It's not about what you do. It's not about what you've done. It's about what Jesus has done. So this is just an example of a soul that's not working right. 6 year olds Doesn't matter what age you are, a broken soul will produce broken things. Let's have a brief summary of what's been taking place in the last couple of Sundays. We've, we've been speaking about the body, we've been speaking about the spirit. If you don't know already, let me tell you, you are a tri-state being. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 says this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is amazing. So that means when you're in the kitchen, not the kitchen, when you're in the bathroom looking at yourself in the mirror, who you see isn't who you are. It's just the body you're in. Let's look at the law of first mention. Let's let's find out where first do we see spirit, soul, body. Where is this alluded to? It's It's alluded to in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. It says this, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him, male and female, created he, them. Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So out of the dust of the ground, our bodies were originally made. Adam's body was made from the dust of the ground. The Bible, says, the Bible then says that the breath of life, which is really God's life, was breathed into Adam. And as a result, the moment that took place, a soul was formed. A soul was formed. Now, what is your soul? We're going to talk about that in a second. But let's just look at what makes us us. Spirit. Spirit. I want everyone to remember this because if you don't remember this you're going to miss the punchline at the end. Spirit. And I'm talking to someone in this room or people at home who are who are believers, they believe in the blood of Jesus. If so, your spirit is one with God. All of the promises of God have been fulfilled and now are accessible in the spirit via the Holy Spirit. Your identity your authority, your power, the very fact that you are united with Christ, the very fact that you're loved by God is all found in the Spirit. The Spirit believes the Word of God. There is also a realm of the Spirit. So you have the Spirit, but there is a realm of the Spirit. I get many young people ask me, Angie, why do bad things happen if God loves me? Your experiences, aren't, your good or bad experiences are not based on God's love for you. The reality is we live in a world where there are different spiritual um, operations taking place. Two specifically, the kingdom of God and the dominion of darkness. You have to be aware of this because the next time something bad happens to you, I don't want you to think that it's God doing it to you. It's not true. Your body. Your body, and another word for body, see, what's really interesting in the Bible, right, is when you see the word life, I encourage you, use strongs, strong numbers when you're reading the Bible, right? <laughs> strong numbers is great, because when you see the word life, it's not always the life that, we're gonna, that you may think it is. There are three types of life in the Bible. There is the spirit life, there is the bios life. Now the bios life is, from the, is, is, is body. It's really the, the, the body that I have. Now that word bios is the Greek word bios. So when you see the, word English, the, the English word life in the Bible when you're reading it, sometimes it could mean bios. And bios comes from the word, or the word biology comes from bios, the study of the body. So the body looks a certain way. It can feel pleasures and pains. Um, It can die, it can get sick. The body has senses. Your eyes, your ears, your tongues, your nose, your skin. They're senses. Now, what's really powerful about the body is that we are, through the senses, we are constantly making observations and conclusions. Observations and conclusions based on what people look like, what people said to me, what people done to me, what people didn't say to me, what people didn't, what people didn't do for me. We're constantly making um, conclusions. Why did they say, it like, why did that happen there? And we make conclusions. Now, the funny thing is, when you make a conclusion, that conclusion ends up to be a belief. Anything you believe ends up in the soul. It's a problem. You listen, be careful. Let's, let's, just hold on. Don't worry, I haven't started yet. This is just the beginning. Right? So I've, we've spoken about BIOS life, right? It's just the body, right? Soul. The soul belongs ultimately to the spirit, to the believer. Um uh, the word soul when you see the word soul when you see the word um, soul or life sometimes again in the bible it's the word suke suke now you're thinking to yourself oh but why is this guy always talking about greek words why why psuche? why is the word suke so important because the word suke is 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 the word that we which is connected to the word that we know as psychology so the word souke soul And psychology is essentially the study of the soul. How interesting. It's the study of the soul, but not the study of the spirit. Mm. Okay, let's keep going. The soul is a bridge to the spirit and to the body. The soul is the middle piece between the body and the spirit, and ultimately the place where the dominion of darkness or the kingdom of God can be realized. Sometimes you need people to show things. Nevado, Maloma, cometh. Cometh. Spirit, soul, body is something so important, and I want you to read really to capture this um, visually. Yep, come. Oh, you don't, they don't even need mics, don't worry. Okay, Maloma, I want you to stand to my left. And Maloma, and no, Nevada, I want you to stand to my right. Okay, so I want you just to hold onto my arm. I want you to hold onto my arm. Okay, so Nevada is the spirit. Maloma is my body. I am the soul. I want everyone to pay attention here. The soul is the reality converter. Whatever is in the soul, will be your truth. It will be your perspective. The body has five senses, if not more. What you hear, what you see, what you touch, past experiences, all of those things are coming through the body. The spirit is one with God. This spirit of yours is seated in heavenly places right now. It's one with God. In fact, I, I should be, it's better to say that this spirit is proof that God loves you. Hmm. We'll, go, we'll take that a bit further later. OK, so be strong. OK. Now, here's the, here's the challenge, right? God's desire is for everything, His authority, His power, the identity He's given you to flow from the spirit into be a reality to your soul. If this happens then what the Bible calls that is being spirit-led. And as a result, your body, I'm just come to Novato's side, must do as the spirit says to do. Your, the body at that moment is what Romans 12, 2 says, a living sacrifice. It is yielded. It can't do anything because two is greater than one. I want you to come back. This is where you're powerful. But sometimes some people will say certain things to you, or you'll think certain things, or things will happen in the world, and you'll start to question. Mm. You'll start to believe more what your senses are telling you. And as a result, you start to operate in unbelief. You're born again. You know Jesus Christ. You're going to heaven. Hallelujah. But in this place, Sin takes place in this place. In this place, every type of thing that you call wicked happens in this place. Why? Because the soul isn't surrendered or open to the spirit. So when someone tells you to read your Bible, they're not being difficult to you. With you, They're actually saying, listen, if you look at the word, if you keep your eyes focused on the author and perfecter of the faith, then all of a sudden you'll be able to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? Amen? Amen. Thank, you. Thank you. God's desire is for you to know That you're a spirit being. You see, it sounds small, but it's not small. Because most of us, most of the time, think the following. I'm a physical being, and I'm trying to get into heaven. Incorrect. You're actually a spiritual being, already in heaven, trying to have access in earth. Your spirit is one with God already. Your issue is your soul. Okay. The greatest battle is to keep your your soul aligned with the spirit. How interesting that alignment with the spirit is essentially holiness, because holiness is oneness. Your God wants your soul to be at one with His spirit, and when your soul is at one with His spirit, you will not sin. People ask me, Oh, but um, can is there a way that we can live a sinless life? It's possible, it's possible. If it wasn't possible, why did He die? It's possible. Now, if we don't experience that, that's fine. But the desire is, approach your salvation with fear and trembling. Don't be happy. Listen, I'm so tired of once saved, always saved. I believe in it. But, <clears throat> guys, it sometimes creates in us a passivity which is not cool. That's right. The reality is this. You are born again. It, you can't be unborn again. You've been born from God. You exist. You can't kill your spirit. It's there. The problem is, your greatest challenge is using your mind to connect to the Word, to allow the Word to lead you into the presence of God. And in the presence of God, that is the location where the unfolding of His Word gives you life. Amen. I want you to start reading Scripture differently. Psalms 23 says, <clears throat> that. he talks about restoring your soul. Why does he talk about restoring your soul? He restores my soul. His word, his life, his power restores my soul so I can do what the Spirit of God is calling me to do. But religion will say that this doesn't exist. Religion will say "Is try your best to do your best for a God who's far and distant. And I'm saying to you that, the God is not, that God is not far and distant. He's in you, he's with you, and he has the power for you to do things that only he could do through you, in Jesus' name. When the enemy attacks, he ultimately attacks your soul. Ultimately. It will pass the A, but sometimes he attacks your body. Yes, he does attack your, attack your body. He attacks your body sometimes so that your soul can reason with the sensations in your body. Faith, this is worth writing down. Faith doesn't deny facts. Faith gives you the power to overcome the facts. If the doctor said to you, factually, you're sick, facts, it's not for you to accept the doctor's report. Come on. Come on. Come on. Maybe doctor stories are too close to home. If someone in your family, in your school, in your workplace has said something that undermines you, whose report will you believe? It's the same premise. Will you believe the report or the words of people or will you believe the words of God? And whoever's side you decide to join, that which you join will manifest in your life. Have you ever heard that word? um, Have you ever heard the word fear? Can you imagine? We've all heard the word fear. But the acronym to fear is false evidence appearing real. Let me tell you this. If you have a fear, it's true to your soul. It's true. It's not truth, but it's true to you. Because you've accepted that lie, it's now in you produced a fear. Because that fear is now operating in you, you can't operate by faith. So all of a sudden, All of a sudden, this fear is now guiding you in life. And then you wonder, whilst you're walking with fear, God, where are you? He wants you to let go of fear. He wants you to let go of anxiety. And he wants you to trust him. I've gone to many services outside of KT. And we constantly talk about knowing God. Knowing the Father. It's worth remembering this bit. You can only truly know the Father from your soul. Hmm. The names of God are many. And the names of God reveal the functionality of God. He's our shepherd, he's our healer, he's our provider, he's our deliverer. These are names that God wants you to experience. Uh. Please, everyone, let's go beyond simply knowing the theology of what the name of God is. Let's go beyond the mind. Because God doesn't want you to function from the mind, he wants you to function from the heart. Specifically, the soul. And if you function from the soul, you automatically function by faith. Because that word of God that speaks about his name is real to you. And because it's real to you, you can testify, the Lord's my healer. The Lord's my deliverer. Don't wait for it to happen. The world says I have to see it to believe it. Jesus says you have to believe it in order to see it. So the thing you have to convince yourself on is God's word. Convince yourself. Forget Netflix. I'm a cinema fan. Used to go so much. Stop going to cinema so much, Pastor Andrew. Whatever your comfort thing is, how about stop wasting your time with it so much? Because essentially, if you're using food, cinema, whatever it may be, relationship, as a comfort, you are missing out on the great comforter, the Holy Spirit. Don't allow, you know, Pastor Scott was saying that he sensed shame. Well, I want to say this. Don't allow guilt, shame, condemnation, hopelessness, unbelief, unworthiness to be the things that separate you from connecting to the God who's already with you and in you. How does that make sense? That's why Paul says, who can separate us from the love of God? Is it the bad that you've done? The bad that you've done according to the word of God has been forgiven and put on the cross. So what's your problem? You're beating yourself up. Jesus is trying to hug you. It makes no sense. The reality is this, or God's reality is this, that in him, when you're functioning in the realm of the spirit, there is no guilt, there is no shame, there is no condemnation. You can't say operating in the flesh without the spirit of God doing all kinds of manner of sin, and saying, well, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Well, of course there's going to be a sense of condemnation because you're not walking in Christ Jesus. One of the greatest revelations of my life in the last couple of weeks, actually, is that I can choose my thoughts. I can choose them. And I can think about the thoughts that I want to think about. If someone says something or does something that I find disrespectful, it's up to me to continue to mull over that. And if I mull over that, guess what? It's going to take me to a negative place. We've all been there. 2 Peter 1, verse 3 to 4, check this out. It says this, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Verse 4, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. So this is what it means. The spirit of God, your spirit, and the spirit of God is one. If you look at the precious promises, you know the precious promises that this talks about is also the spiritual blessings in heavenly places. They're all the things that God wants you to know about who you are in Christ. If you can engage these verses, then the Bible says, in time, the engagement of these verses will allow this divine nature that's already been given to you in the spirit to be in operation in your soul. This is real Christianity. Anything less is religion. Yeah. Everything less, anything less is professional. Anything you can know the scriptures, but if the heart of God isn't in operation, isn't connected to it, then what, you, what you're doing is really your own strength. <laughs> the soul is the place where faith takes place. The soul is the place where faith takes place. It's a... Uh, Now, you guys, you must know me by now. I I like my props. I do. And what's really interesting is this. As believers, we all have faith. Ron, could you catch this? As believers, we all have faith. So let's say that Ron is God. I have my faith in God. Right? But what's so interesting? And and this this ends up being most of our Christian walks. We have our faith in God, and as a result, we've received life. But here tends to be the problem. Check this out, James 2.18. Someone says, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Let me break that down this way. What good is it? if I have faith in God, but those around me can't see it. Pastor Claudette, could you give me that rope and keep hold of the other sides? Thank you. Now check this out. Let's say that Pastor Claudette is the Holy Spirit. I trust God. I trust God. But now, as a result, I'm operating by faith. Oh, this is so good. The Bible says that you have been saved by grace, through grace, by faith. My faith in God is why I'm saved. Great. Part two. Now that you're justified by faith, the just, Habakkuk 2.4, the just will live By faith. Do you get it? Which means it's not enough to just trust God or believe God in 1992 for your salvation. Your aim must be to operate by faith. Why? Because if I operate by faith... There is a path of righteousness, blessing, favour that God has for me that I will walk down by faith. Wherever the Holy Spirit goes, I'll follow. As I stay operating by faith. Imagine if all of us in this room started to operate by faith. That would mean the power of God and the will of God, essentially the kingdom of God, would be seen. Irrespective of where we live, irrespective of what we look like, irrespective of our age, it wouldn't matter, Jesus would be seen. And this is why the soul is so important. God wants you to open your soul and allow him to fill it up. Be filled continuously. If you're not filled continuously, you're empty. And when you're empty, This is where sad things happen. Emptiness is where depression takes place. Emptiness is where sin takes place. Emptiness is where the pride takes place. You'll be pursuing something that you are completely confident that this is what God has for me, but because you weren't filled by the Spirit, you never heard from the Spirit of God, you just operated by your own desires. Be free from that. The psalmist says, my cup, I believe, we can only confirm this in heaven, but I believe when he says my cup overflows, I think he's talking about the soul. I think he's talking about the soul. My desire for all those who know Jesus is for your cup to overflow. My desire is for you to take this word about the soul and see how easy it is to be filled. Realize if you are someone on the seat's who's just struggling with something. I want you to know that you... you this emptiness is, can be changed. You don't need a relationship. You, you don't need to get married. You don't, you don't need those things. Praise God when they happen. Praise God. But you don't need them to be filled. They can't fill you. But if you realize that God, the lover of your soul, is the one that completes you, you'll realize that surrender is a necessity so that you can be filled, so that you can be led by the Spirit, so you can reveal to the world that you are a son of the Most High. I'm going to end it like this. This is to those who... May not have received the gospel message before. I wanna say this. When Adam and Eve sinned, humanity lost its God given image. It lost the life of God. In other words, they were spiritually dead, they were separated from God. And this is why anyone who's born is born in that spiritual state. You're born separated from God. Now, we praise God for his mercy. You know, if a young baby dies, of course they're not going to go to hell. God forbid. Listen to this. This is very important. They're guilty in nature, but innocent in action. Hmm. It's good. But for those who are grown, we've all sinned. You know that sin. We've all done wrong. And us doing wrong is simply proof of the nature that we have without Jesus. The verse that we started off with was 1 Corinthians 15.45. And it was talking about the first Adam was a living soul. The second Adam was a life-giving spirit. God so loved the world that he would give his life-giving son to all those who were spiritually separated from God who simply were living a suke soul life, without the power of the Spirit. If that's you, it's a free gift. It's a free gift. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to look a certain way. You just have to believe and desire to turn away from the things that have captured your life. Jesus Christ died for your sins. He raised from the dead and he has a life to give you so he can restore his image in you.